Good news, bad news for the LA Kings from games three and four of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll talk about the return of Kevin Fiala, the missed opportunity in game four, and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'd love to get a positive comment back from you on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. Uh, we also are on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were 1,672 subscribers. That's 82 more subscribers than we had from last Monday. So we are obviously going to make it seven straight months of over 100 subscribers per month as we uh, march towards 2,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for all of your support of the YouTube channel. And if you haven't liked or subscribed yet, doing so really helps the channel get recognized. So thank you again for taking the time to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Puck Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. It is a best of three in the Stanley Cup playoffs between the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers after two games in L.A. There were some highs. There were some lows from the past two games. Let's give you a brief recap on what we saw and what we think about what happened in games three and four. And we talked about it with L.A. Kings longtime TV analyst Jim Fox on this past Friday show. If you missed that, please go back and check it out. But the Kings needed to get off to better starts in the first period. Well, in games three and four, the Kings definitely did that. Not only did they play much better in the first period of game three this past Friday, but they actually got a lead on home ice uh, for the first time in the series, a lead of any kind in the first time of the series, other than, of course, winning the overtime game in game one. Uh, but in the first period, it was Alex Ayafalo scoring with a minute 33 to go in the period, and the Kings had a one nothing lead after one. And again, just what we were talking about, the Kings have to get off to a good start. They did so in game three. Second period was about power play goals. Two from Edmondson. We'll talk more about their power play a little bit later. But Connor McDavid scoring his first two goals of the series, both with the man advantage. And then it was Adrian Kempe tying it up for Los Angeles with a power play goal of their own, his third of the playoffs. And we were tied at 2-2 going into the third period. After a scoreless third, the game would be decided in overtime for the second time in this series. Trevor Moore would score on a feed from Gabe Velarde in front of the net on a power play, and the Kings would skate off with a 3-2 win to take a 2-1 lead in the series. Obviously a great win for the LA Kings. I was lucky, lucky enough to be there at the game, both games three and four, uh, and the crowd was absolutely electric. Uh, great atmosphere. But as we were all celebrating that Kings goal, uh, we noticed that the Edmonton Oilers players were not leaving the ice and the officials uh, gathered together. They then skated over to the penalty box area where they put on the headsets and uh, nobody, mind you, was telling anybody what was going on. Would be nice for the officials to just say, uh, we are reviewing for whatever. 
but they didn't do that. So we were all left scratching our heads as to what was going on and left to guess. Um, that's something the NHL needs to fix, by the way. But we would learn that they were reviewing a possible high stick by Gabe Velarde before he was able to pass off that uh, game-winning assist to Trevor Moore. After a lengthy delay, uh, it was ruled that there was no conclusive evidence to overturn the call on the ice, and it was a good goal in the Kings get the victory. Now, I may go into a deep dive on instant replay on a future show, but despite all the bitching and moaning by the Oilers fans, players, coaches, and even some of their broadcasters, uh, the, re- the correct call was made. Now, is it possible Gabe Velarde may have touched the puck with a high stick? It's possible. It's also possible he didn't. The bottom line is that despite all the angles and all the super slow-mos and all the zoom-ins, there's no conclusive video evidence that he touched the puck and when that happens you go with the call on the ice the call on the ice was good goal and that was the correct call all the procedures were followed correctly by the nhl the correct call was made with the evidence they had and despite what some edmonton oilers fans uh, players coaches and broadcasters thought there's no clear evidence that he did in fact touch the puck does that mean he didn't no it's possible he did but it was so slight Uh, that it couldn't be detected by the human eye, despite what some people wanted to see. Uh, But uh, like I said, in the end, the correct call, I believe, was made. Not just saying that because I'm a Kings fan. You can choose to believe that or not. But uh, any any, uh, talk uh, or conjecture about that Kings win being tainted in some way is nothing more than just sour grapes. On to Sunday night's game and a huge opportunity for the Kings to take a commanding 3-1 lead in this series. And the Kings got a big boost with the return of forward Kevin Fiala, who had missed the last six games of the regular season and the first three games of this playoff series with lower body injury. And he looked solid in his Kings playoff debut. Uh, He uh, was fantastic, as were the Kings in the opening period. We talked about getting off to a good start. Well, No better start in this series so far than the Kings in game number four, where they scored three goals in the opening period to take a 3-0 lead. Gabe Velarde would start it off with his second goal of the playoffs uh, after uh, Kevin Fiala made a nice shot pass on net and Velarde put in the rebound. Victor Arvidsson would score his first this postseason, although he's been very active so far in these games, but a gorgeous spin move at the blue line to leave a defender behind. Uh, and, and then he scored on a slap shot, and then it was Andre Kopitar finishing off with a power play goal, his second of the playoffs on a nice, patient move, and Fiala helped to set him up on that one uh, as well, winning a race to the puck and deflecting it in the center of the ice. Fiala getting assists on the first and third goals for the Kings, so great start by him in his return. Uh, and after that, Edmonton would pull their goaltender, rookie Stuart Skinner. Uh, he would finish the first period, but uh, in between the first and second periods, They decided to pull him and put in the veteran and former L.A. King briefly, uh, Jack Campbell. But what a great start for the L.A. Kings with a 3-0 lead. Unfortunately, the Oilers would respond in the second period, and it was their amazing power play that would get them back in the game. Defenseman Evan Bouchard would score one power play goal. Uh, Star Leon Dreisaitl scored the other power play goal, although one of them was on an awful call uh, against Kevin Fiala. But uh, Dreisaitl has been killing the Kings. Uh, He also picked up an even-strength goal in that second period, and suddenly we were tied 3-3 heading into the third. In the third period, Kings defenseman Matt Roy 
would score his first career playoff goal to give LA a 4-3 lead on a great pass from Victor Arvidsson. But with just over three minutes left in regulation, Evander Kane would score on a wrist shot to tie it up. And for the third time in the series, we were headed to overtime. In the overtime, the Oilers got a power play chance after a bad cross-checking penalty by Adrian Kempe, but the Kings would kill it off. However, a short time later, it was Zach Hyman scoring on a wrist shot on a stoppable shot for Jonas Corposalo. Edmonton skates off with the 5-4 overtime win, and the series is tied at 2-2. Kings goalie Jonas Corposalo allowed five goals on 42 shots. We'll talk more about his performance in a minute. As for the Oilers, former King Jack Campbell came on to get the win in relief. He stopped 27 to 28 shots, but I thought he looked very shaky. And honestly, I thought the Kings, if they could stay out of the penalty box, eventually would get the overtime game winner. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So how do we feel about the two games in Los Angeles on Friday and Sunday? And uh, how do we feel about the eventual outcome of this series? We're going to talk about all that next, but first... I want to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is fast and easy with uh, a way to buy tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With the Game Time app, tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. Plus, you get the lowest prices guaranteed with event cancellation protection. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section or row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, and you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So how should we feel about what we saw over the last two games? Um, I've used this analogy a few times this year when the Kings have uh, maybe disappointed us a little bit, but played well, and that is disappointed but not discouraged. Obviously, feel great about the overtime win in Game 3, um, but the Game 4 is the one that obviously uh, is the last impression we have for the Kings, and it's hard not to be disappointed but hopefully not discouraged. Uh, the Kings, obviously, with that 3-0 lead at home with a chance to take a commanding 3-1 lead in the series, uh, not being able to hold on to that lead, not getting the win sucks, period. Um, also leading with three minutes to play on home ice and not closing it out. That sucks as well. But what if, you, what if I would have told you that after four games, the Kings and Oilers would be tied 2-2? Would you take that? But before you answer, how about if I told you that it was going to be a best of three going into the series? I told you it was going to be best of three, and we would have Gabe Velarde and Kevin Fiala both back and both playing well. I think I'd take that, and, and maybe I'm trying to put a positive spin on things, but like I said, if you told me the Kings were relatively healthy and we were 2-2 after four, would you take that? I think I probably would. Um, so... The other, obviously, the big news, uh, other than the, the result of the game on Sunday, was the return of Kevin Fiala. He played on the wing on the third line with Gabe Velarde centering and Alex Iafalo on the other wing. And no question in my mind that that third line was the LA Kings' best line all night. Each of them got at least one point 
on the night. Uh, Fiala showed no signs of the lower body injury that cost him 14 games in March and April. I thought he skated strong. He didn't appear to be favoring his leg in any way. Uh, you wouldn't know that he had missed any games based on how he skated, how he shot the puck, how he passed the puck. I think the only issue may have been with his conditioning late in the third and overtime. It did seem like he was taking some very quick shifts. Now, maybe that's just the norm when it's uh, late in the game overtime in the third period. Um, but he was kind of uh, one skate around and off was, was pretty quick. So maybe he didn't quite have his wind uh, at this point. But I thought a great game by Kevin Fiala. I thought a great game by the third line. And I think that's very encouraging going forward. The Kings now have three strong lines to put out on the ice against the Oilers for Edmonton, who decided to go with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid together on the same line for the first time in the series. Um, it's basically three three on one, as, as far as how I see it, when they're skating five on five. Now, Dreisaitl and McDavid skate together on the power play, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. And they have skated together situationally in certain times, maybe late in the period when you want to kind of double shift and things like that. But uh, the Oilers are basically going to ride and die with Connor McDavid and, and specifically Leon Dreisaitl, where the Kings, I do think, are more balanced five on five. And hopefully that will show itself going forward in this best of three. Um, now, it worked out in game four for the Oilers, but we'll see how it goes going forward. Um, Leon Dreisaitl is a problem. There's no doubt about it. He's been an absolute beast in this series. Two more goals and an assist in game four. He now has five goals, nine points in four games in the series. And the Kings have contained Connor McDavid, but they have not had an answer for Leon Dreisaitl. I don't know if you can realistically change anything at this point to try and take him away, but it's there's no question that he is absolutely carrying the Edmonton Oilers right now and certainly been one of the better players so far this postseason in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs across the board. And of course, the Oilers' power play has helped them tremendously. We knew going into the series it was going to be a problem that staying out of the penalty box and containing the power play was going to be very difficult, and it has been for the Kings. Now, as opposed to last season when the Kings' power play was nowhere to be found and the Oilers' power play was not quite this good but still very good, it's more even, and that's why we see a 2-2 series. The Kings have five power play goals in the series, and Edmonton has six. So, obviously, there's not a huge disparity there. The problem is the Oilers' percentage on the power play is unbelievable. They're six for 11 with the man advantage in this series. That is 54.5%. That is insane. Uh, there has to be – the Kings have to do a better job against that power play uh, obviously, it's it's such a huge weapon for Edmonton. Um, like I said, I don't know if at this point you feel like you try and change some sort of strategy, but when it's producing at over half the time, I think you got to do something to try and change things up. Um, but credit to the Oilers. They've taken their power play, which was historically good during the regular season, even to another level so far uh, in the playoffs. So the way I see it, I think the Kings are better five on five right now, especially with Kevin Fiala now back in the lineup, but that Oilers power play is the great equalizer with all that. If they can get a few opportunities and convert on it, it almost negates the advantage for the Kings five on five. As for the goaltending, I still think this is advantage LA Kings. Now, I don't know who the Oilers are going to start in game five. I personally hope it's Jack Campbell. I thought he looked very shaky when he came on relief for uh, Stuart Skinner. 
And yes, he did have a huge sprawling pad save on Victor Arvidsson that likely saved the game. Um, but he was fighting the puck all night. I mean, I give him credit for getting the job done, but there were no style points for Jack Campbell. That is for sure. Um, and and uh, that's another reason why I feel I feel pretty good going forward. I, I think whoever the Oilers decide to go with, I I like Jonas Corposalo over either Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell. And yes, Corposalo has allowed a couple of softer goals uh, that have decided games, which is maybe in some in the minds of some people tainted his performances. I don't think so. Um, yes, the Klim Costin's goal, game-winning goal in Game 2 was stoppable, and the Zach Hyman goal in overtime in Game 4 was stoppable as well. However, if you look at Jonas Corposalo's performance in those games in their totality, he made a ton of key saves that kept the Kings in it and gave them a position to win the game. Um, so... To me, there's no controversy here. I do not expect or think the coaches are considering putting Phoenix Copley in at this point. I think Jonas Corposalo has played well enough for the Kings to get wins. I don't think there's an issue there, in my opinion. I think he's been really, really good. Like I said, yes, those two game-winning goals could maybe slant your view of him a little bit, but I think when you look at his total performance, like I said, I think Jonas Corposalo has played very well for the Kings, and I definitely expect to see him in Game 5 in net for the Kings. And I think Again, the Kings, I think, regardless of who the Oilers start, I feel better about the goaltending situation as a Kings fan than I, I would if I were an Oilers fan. I also like the Kings' balanced scoring. Um, adding Kevin Fiala to the mix, again, gives the Kings scorers on all three lines. Kempe and Kopitar on the top line. Arvidsson on the second line. Fiala and Velarde on the third line. And you throw in guys like Ayafalo and Deneau and Trevor Moore. And there's a good group of scorers for the Kings they're not relying on one guy like Leon Dreisaitl. So I think that's an advantage for the Kings as well. Um, I, I will say there is one lineup change that I continue to disagree with, and that is not having Arthur Kaliev out there on the fourth line. He didn't play in games three or four in favor of Jarrett Anderson Dolan and nothing against Jarrett Anderson Dolan, but he hasn't brought much to the table as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think Kaliev, again, is more of a threat to score. I don't think he's any more of a liability defensively than Jared Anderson Dolan. He's not quite as speedy, not quite as active, perhaps, but uh, his scoring threat and his availability on the second power play unit, to me, continues to give him the edge over anybody else the Kings put out on the ice on that third line. So uh, we'll see going forward if he's inserted in for game number five. I would like to see it, but... There's no, there's no telling uh, with Todd McClellan. That's the one big issue I've had with him uh, is that he has seemed reluctant to play Arthur Kaliev uh, at times this season. Also worth mentioning that Blake Lazat did miss games three and four, but he is skating. Now he is wearing a red non-contact jersey, but him on the ice means we could see him soon. He could return for game number five. We'll have to wait and see. If he does return, I don't anticipate Todd McClellan putting him back in on the third line. I would certainly believe the way that third line played in game four, that it's going to be Velarde, Ayavalo, and Fiala. And I think Lazat will slide back in on the fourth line where he did play a lot uh, in the first half of the season, uh, probably along with Carl Grundstrom. And I hope it's Arthur Kalia, but we will have to wait and see about that. But again, uh, there is some pretty good news as far as Blake Lazat could see him in game five. We'll have to wait and see if there's an update on his status as far as tomorrow at practice. Now, has the Kings Oilers series 
been the best series so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to remind you that today's episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure that every player is the perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop at eBay Motors and they have over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So you may have heard me mention that I am co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. Translation, I follow the entire league very closely, and there's no question in my mind that the Kings-Oilers series has been the best series so far in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, maybe that seems obvious because three of the four games have been decided in overtime, and essentially all four games have been one-goal games. The Oilers did have an empty net goal late in game number two that made it a two-goal victory, but every game has been close. Every game has been very competitive. You've seen ups and downs, uh, you, you know, three goals in the first period for the Kings, three goals in the second period for the Oilers. Uh, we talked about the overtimes. Uh, it's it, We've had controversy to talk about with the Gay Velarde goal. It's had a little bit of everything. Uh, again, though, the most important thing is is competitive series. Obviously, you've got some star power with, with uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid, and Dreisaitl's been unbelievable. Um, but it's been a fun, competitive, compelling, interesting series so far. I don't anticipate it changing going forward. Um, and maybe the one thing this series hasn't had as opposed to some of the other series is some of the rough stuff. Now there's been some for sure, but you know, if you've watched any of the other series, uh, you know, the other day, uh, Boston, Florida, you know, uh, the Linus Olmark, the goalie for the Bruins got thrown out of the game for trying to fight Matthew Kachuk. It was late in the game. The game had been decided. Maybe that's part of the reason why we haven't seen that with the Orioles and Kings is because every game has been so close. Every been, every game has been competitive. There's no message sending, at the end of a lopsided game when everything has basically been decided. But having followed all the other playoff series so far, I feel very confident in saying that Kings-Oilers has been the best series so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs and certainly could see this thing going seven. I would like to see it go six. That is for sure. The Kings closing it out uh, in their next game, game six on Saturday. But it's been a great series so far. Um, It's hard to take our emotions out of it especially after game four, feel like uh, that one, we let it slip away. But again, it's been a great playoff series. Playoff hockey is the best. And uh, and Kings Oilers has been the best of the playoffs so far from what I have seen. I think despite what happened in game four, and yes, it's hard not to look at that game as a missed opportunity. It's a best of three. As I said before, I think that this series is, the, is up for grabs at this point. Um, the pressure is on the Oilers. Everyone picked them to win this series, almost everyone going into it. So I think that that pressure is still there. Them having two of the final three games, potentially three games on home ice. Again, we'll have a lot of people thinking that they should be winning this series. So again, the Kings kind of go into this with nothing to lose. I think they're extremely confident. I think they know, and I think we should all know after four games that they can go toe to toe with this team and be right there. 
that maybe the Oilers are a little bit better. Um, but overall, it's a very even competitive series. And I don't think at this point anyone should be shocked if the Kings are able to get two wins in the next three games. So, uh, you know, let's go. If you're a Kings fan, I know it's hard to get that taste out of your mouth from game four. But the opportunity is very much there for the LA Kings. I think they're feeling confident. Like I said, I think they're the better team five on five. I think they've got the edge in goaltending. The key is that power play. Can they somehow slow down that Oilers power play? Can they somehow slow down Leon Dreisaitl, who's been unbelievable? Those are the questions going forward for games five, six, and seven. And uh, we'll see what the answers are for that. But again, if I said, if I told you going into the series, it could be best of three tied to two after four. Would you take that? I think, I think I would take that. I think I would take that. I want to remind you for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, here's a roadmap for this week. Coming up tomorrow, we'll, we'll preview that huge game five in Edmonton and uh, also give you some Kings news that we didn't have time to touch on in this show. Uh, there was a big player signing by the Kings over the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, the Ontario Reigns season has come to an end. Uh, there's been some roster moves because of that. We'll also give you a kind of a quick recap of what happened with the Ontario Reign uh, this season coming up on Wednesday show. Obviously we'll recap game five, tell you our thoughts and opinions on everything that happened in that one on Thursday show. We are scheduled to have a yet to be determined special guest. And on Friday, we are going to preview game six in LA. And yes, for some reason there are three days off between games five and six. I would assume it's due to some availability of crypto.com arena with the Lakers and Clippers also in the playoffs as well. And who knows, maybe there's some concert or events that are, they're scheduled in there as well, but uh, yeah, three days off, game five Tuesday, game six Saturday in Los Angeles. So Friday show, a preview of that. And again, on Friday, we will have a Kings fan feedback show. We didn't really have one last week because I goofed up. So we are going to have a Friday fan feedback show. So let's fill up the email inbox for that one. I got to assume you guys are going to have a lot to talk about. Hopefully some positive stuff as well after game five. But the email address, as always, is locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. You can always post your comments on the YouTube episodes, uh, and you can always stay interactive with the show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It is at locked on LA Kings. All right, Kings fans, like I said, it is a best of three. It is there for LA. It's been a great series so far. Looking forward to some more great games to talk about with you. Excited to have you along on this playoff journey for the Los Angeles Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings, go.